Love Talk Radio. Gonna tell you a little bedtime tale, legend it will become. Burgers flying out the door, sail on. Two for one, no concern for the future. Living for today. Fast food bite on your way, lay it all to waste. The masses are afflicted now. Moo, mad cow. Mad cow. Mad cow, mad cow, line dance song. Hey, Sign Guy Nation, welcome to the show on another Friday afternoon. Sign Guy with you as normal. Before we jump into things with our guest today, some show notes really quick. If you're looking for some professional wrestling in the next few days, Tonight, WCWO in Indianapolis, Indiana at the Outlaw Arena. FGW in Hamilton, Ohio. Tomorrow night, BOA in Portland, Oregon at the North Portland Eagles. New Wave Pro in Terre Haute, Indiana. BBPW in Hartford, Kentucky. There is a joint venture show in East Hampton, Massachusetts. Supreme Wrestling in Hanover, Indiana. EWE in Alton, Illinois, FFW in Panama City, Florida, SNPW in Crossville, Illinois, NGW in Crawfordsville, Indiana, PPW in Bedford, Indiana, NWF in Ludlow, Kentucky, EPW in Odin, Indiana, Midget Warriors in Nebrara, Nebraska, PWAS in Brownstown, Michigan, and ECW happening in Somerset, Kentucky tomorrow. But without any further ado, I want to welcome our guest to the show today. He is promoter of 1CW in Delaware. Sean Hardy, thank you so much for joining us here today. Hey, my honor and pleasure. Well, since today's your first time with us, I'm going to lead you off with the first timer question. What led to you getting into the business of professional wrestling? Um, actually, I was an amateur wrestler as a kid. Grew up with an older brother and a younger brother. I was the middle, you know, three of us, and always wrestling and just, you know, kind of uh, grew up just outside of Allentown, Pennsylvania, so we kind of had the luxury of going to the Hamburg Field House and seeing some of the tapings and, uh, you know, really – uh, getting, uh, I would say, you know, the feel of what was going on. And, uh, you know, one thing led to another, and I was working a business, and a friend of mine who had to be a pro wrestler came to a couple of us and said, hey, you guys got great business minds. I know a lot of people. What do you think? Let's try this. And next thing you know, here we are 19 years later, still, still at it. Oh, landscape 19 years ago was, I'm sure, much different than it is here today uh, there's a lot more availability to get your product seen via streaming services and the internet and so forth than there were 20 years ago uh, there's more national televised wrestling than there was 20 years ago so a lot more people are familiar with wrestling in general over the 20 years do you think it's become easier to promote an independent company or do you think it's become a little bit harder to promote an independent company? Well, honestly, I think promoting has been the same all the way through. 
Um, yes, there are some avenues out there that we didn't have 19, 20 years ago. But what happens is some of the new people kind of rely on just those avenues and don't really go back to the old school way of doing it and get out in the community and put up your posters and flyers and shake hands and get to meet the people at the Boys and Girls Clubs and really dig in and, you know, see what you could do to be part of the community because the more people you tell, the more people that are aware of it. Because I, I used to tell every promoter that would always ask me for advice, hey, man, what's the secret? I said, the secret is this. I said, if I had Hulk Hogan in town and nobody knew about it, how many people would be there? Nobody, because nobody knew about it. You have to promote. So it doesn't matter who's on the bill. You have to promote. So that was my lesson number one in this business. Um, but, yes, with the streaming services and things like that, I, I find it very advantageous um, for the talent and the promotion. I think it's great that the talent gets to be viewed um, because now they're worldwide, nationwide, you know, the whole nine. So it, it's a great, great avenue for pro wrestling nowadays. Now, Delaware is in sort of a unique situation. They are the smallest state as far as area goes in the country. So it's not like a California or a Texas where there are dozens upon dozens of promotions that can exist and not really interfere in each other's areas or territory. Delaware, I'm sure, makes it a little tougher to do that. Is promoting in Delaware a challenge just because of the geography and the size of the state, or do you find it easy to be able to coexist with any other promotion that might be in the state? No, there are other promotions in the state. We do coexist with everybody. We are the largest draw in the state. Uh, we do draw from Pennsylvania. We're, you know, a little bit over an hour drive from PA. We do draw from the Baltimore area. We're about an hour uh, and 10 minutes from Baltimore as well. So we have a really good fan base. But the one thing I've learned about the geography and the landscape here in Delaware is we have the beaches. So in the summertime, you have to understand that people are vacationing and they got people coming down here and spending time with them and visiting relatives and stuff because we are close to the beach. So people will come. So you work around that a little bit. And you also, you know, you think about, um, Local events, high school events, high school football, high school big things. You don't ever want to try to go head-to-head -head with that kind of stuff. So knowing your calendar, knowing your clients, knowing your people, and, and that geography will all make it work. Now, one of the things I've noticed just observing wrestling for many years is that oftentimes fans will tend to gravitate towards the style of wrestling that was around in a given territory, and that seems to be what fans will respond to a little bit better than if there are other styles presented. Delaware was sort of in the WWF, WWE type of area. Do you find that if you present more of the old WWF style of wrestling where it's more character-driven, uh, great big wrestlers, comparatively speaking, that it draws better than if you're doing a different type of style of wrestling? Well, I'll be honest with you. We kind of do a mixture of that. We do have our characters. We do have our cowboys. We do have clowns. You know, we have people that are absolute characters. We have do we do have big monsters, you know, guys that are 6'6 six, six to 6'8". Six, 
you know. And then we also have some of the young, what you would call the flippy guys, the guys that are doing the high-flying moves and things like that. And I think the key thing as a promoter is making sure that you match them up correctly. And, but what I found, even though we are, you know, like you said, basically in the WWE slash WWF, what would have been territory back in the day, when we do a lot of NWA-type angles and really do some stuff that pull on the emotions, um, that's what we have found to have been the secret of our success. Our fans really get <clears throat> tied to our champions or, and what is going on, you know, feuds, um, and it's spectacular. So it's been a great recipe for us down here. One of the big elephants in the room, of course, in the state of Delaware is we very recently lost Jay Briscoe to a tragic accident. He was, of course, from Delaware, very well known in the area, was very much beloved not only in wrestling but in his community. I know that 1CW is stepping up and doing something on their next show for Jay. Can you tell us a little bit on what Jay meant to the scene in Delaware and what it is that you're going to accomplish for him? Well, um, my job right now is to carry on his legacy. He has put Delaware on the map um, because of what he has done. He is a worldwide star. His impact was felt as far as New Japan and all the way to the WWE to AEW and et cetera. Um, yes, I was friends with Jamin. Um, not only did we work professionally, um, he was a Hall of Famer. I had the luxury of inducting him into the 1CW Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame and his brother Mark, um, as they have been with me since 2003, have supported me and done everything they can to make sure that we have been successful here in Delaware, and I will carry that on. Um, you know, and, and it's it's been a huge impact um, being at the services and seeing the people that turn out. Um, a lot of people have seen some of the pictures online and, and some of the stories, but it's all true. Yes, Tony Khan was there. Chris Jericho was there. Um, all uh, you, you name him, it was a who's who um, out of respect and honor for this gentleman. And uh, we are not advertising it, but we are taking collections um, through our just uh, normal fan base in our next show upcoming in March. But our annual Hall of Fame show in August will be the Jay Briscoe uh, tribute show. That's when we're going to do that. We have spoke to the family. So, yeah, we're going to get donations and stuff together this March 11th off our next show. And then on time, again, bringing in some big stars and doing something real, real big in, in August. Of course, the Briscoe brothers, like I said, are very well known in their community and They've lived there all their lives, became big stars in wrestling, which I'm sure sort of elevated the level of notoriety in that area for independent wrestling as well. Like we said, Delaware is not a big state as far as population or just the size of it geographically, but... Would the fans, do you think, be surprised on how many people have come out of Delaware, maybe not living in the state particularly, but just having wrestled regularly in Delaware that have gone on to pretty big wrestling careers as far as the national level? 
It's um, it's really starting to surprise some people and turn some heads when they see how many people have, you know, either cut their teeth, um, grew, either growing up and training here in Delaware or starting their careers here at 1CW and that being their home federation and then moving on to bigger and better things. Um, it's been my honor to be around a lot of these guys um, and be associated with them. The one thing that, that was really, really nice that some of the guys that wrestle for me now were actually trained by Jamin and Mark, and Jamin and Mark would also come by our training facility and help our students out unannounced all the time. It's just um, it is totally a brotherhood, and um, <clears throat> there are people that are working hard every day um, to get to that next level. So, yeah, there are some that have made it through and some that are, that are getting really close. One CW in particular has been a promotion that has always brought in outside talent and people that are either nationally known big names or people that are very well known on the independent level that have followings amongst independent fans. Do you find it as a promoter a little bit hard to find that right balance of local talent and people from outside the area that are hopefully going to draw? Yeah, well, you know, I, I, the biggest challenge that I like, and, and, and you said it is a little bit of a challenge, but my, my guys kind of make it easy for me. I know their style of wrestling. I know who they, you know, who they, what type of style they would match up against. And what we kind of do is we sit down together and we throw little, you know, names together. We throw you, hey, man, what's your wish list? And, you know, what do you think, you know, we could put on, you know, great, powerful matches here for the fans. And, you know, what can we do? You know, and then we'll reach out to people and see, you know, who we can get for multiple dates. Do we tie them into an angle or things like that? Or is it just a, a one and done? And what can we do with that? Um, but I think it's important as a promoter knowing, you know, what your talent's capabilities are, you know. Um, that's very, very important because your fan base will respond to that. Uh, you brought in people like Congo Kong and Casey Carlisle and a lot of outside talent that maybe aren't national televised stars. Congo Kong, I believe, was still a little bit away from being on impact at that point even, but they are well known from independent wrestling fans that follow independent wrestling on the whole around the country. What are you looking for when you bring in a bigger name independent that maybe isn't known nationally, doesn't have that national televised presence, but you're going to give a chance to someone that, independent wrestling fans might know and might come out to see in your own home area? Um, I kind of related to is, you know, and this is what I tell them the first time I meet them and speak to them is good knows good. You know, um, you, you guys are really, really good. You've caught our eye and numerous other people's eye, and that's why you're on the radar. And, you know, we want you to come in and do what you do good. Because um, if you do that, what we've already planned out and how you're going to match up with our talent, you know, it should be a good thing. And, it, and it's been a good recipe. I really enjoyed working with Congo the couple of days that we worked with him. Casey Carlisle, um, it was several years I was working with Casey. Um, she was our women's champ for quite a, quite, quite a while. Um, you know, again, numerous things, you know, that I've watched these people come and work their way up through. And then the next thing you know, you know, they're in TNA or, you know, Rishi Swan. Rich Swan was one half of my tag, my first tag team champions. 
you know, now he's been an impact champion, things like that. You know, being associated and watching some of these guys come through, um, you, you know, is amazing. It's been, you know, I'm very humble and very honored. You mentioned Casey Carlisle being your women's champion. In the last five or six years, there's been a major upturn in presenting women's wrestling at the national level, and that has trickled down to the independents, it seems like, uh, before the current resurgence in women's wrestling, you would see maybe one women's match on a standard card, and that would be usually the match right before the main event. It was usually kept fairly short. In the last several years, promoters might have three or four women's matches on just their standard regular show. You might see the women's match main event. They might be given half an hour or more for their match. What do you think it is in the last few years that really helped elevate women's wrestling to the forefront and be able to get the opportunities for the athletes that they have now? I believe it's the platform. And, and then one of the things that a lot of people aren't familiar right now with 1CW is our partnership with our other federation, Capital Championship Wrestling, which happens to be an all-females federation. We run double events. Every show we run is anywhere between 12 to 13 matches, five women matches, seven, eight, one CW matches, and it's one big super event, one price. We bring in all the big stars. I don't know if anybody's followed Capital Championship Wrestling. Check them out. Um, they're really, really, really bringing the top-notch quality. Um, it's run by one of my ex-Hall of Famers, Marcello. Um, we had this idea about three years ago. Well, actually, let me rephrase that. He had that idea three to four years ago, had brought it to me um, right before the pandemic had hit. We were trying to get everything to, to take take foot. Uh, the pandemic hit, so we waited till after the pandemic to unleash it, and we have been super successful. And actually, tomorrow in Westville, New Jersey, he will be running his first solo show um, without running a joint show with us. So I'm wishing him much success. I think what, what really has risen to the top is, is the talent in the platform. The, you know, the talent's there. It's having the platform and the, and the viewership. So it goes back to the streaming, you know, the, the media like we discussed earlier, the other avenues, uh, Facebook out there today, your Twitter's out there today, your Instagrams, your YouTubes. So it's so much easier for people to – watch and, and understand how talented these individuals are, male or female. Of course, in this current era, when we have all women's promotions, like you mentioned, uh, they're more prevalent on the independents than they were a few years ago. You also have the national WOW, which is syndicated all over the country on uh, CW and CBS yep. affiliates. Do you think that right now as we sit in 2023, it's going to be easier for women to make a full-time living in professional wrestling than it was, say, 10 years ago? Uh, I hope it is. I mean, let, let, I'll be totally honest. You know, some of these women out there today have equal talent with the top-notch stars, and that's why they're at the top-notch level. Um, but like you said, with the more opportunities down through the AEWs, the NWAs, the WOWs, everything that you're talking about, 
you know, down even at the indie level where they can at least get their stuff out on YouTube. You know, again, it's that exposure. And, and again, that the fact that there are so many talented people that I think it should be, and, and, and it's, it's about time. One of the other niche aspects of wrestling, if you want to call it that, that has become fairly popular amongst a large number of fans is the deathmatch wrestling. We've seen a lot of deathmatch-only promotions pop up. A lot of promotions have annual tournaments where they only do one show per year, which is like that. There are a lot of fans that don't like it at all. A lot of people in the business don't care for it at all. I know it's sort of a hot-button topic for both sides. Where do you stand when it comes to the deathmatch wrestling aspect? Um, I believe talent is talent. You know, um, whether you're in a ring that has roots or a ring that has barbed wire, it's all how you present your talent. Um, and it's one of those... Everybody has a different, you know, different taste. And, you know, you don't like what's on TV, you change the channel. Um, so, you know, I support the people that do the training, put in the time, that are true professional wrestlers. And um, whether it's a death match, uh, a strong style match, you know, or a straight up super indie match, you know, God bless you. You know, wish you the best. A lot of young wrestlers that come into the business oftentimes aren't really trained on how to go look for bookings and how to inquire if there are opportunities with different promoters. It's just not something a lot of trainers will actually teach these kids uh, as -hmm. far as the business end of the wrestling industry goes. As a promoter, what approach best works for you if there are young wrestlers, say, less than three years in that want to maybe get an opportunity with you and get noticed, get booked, maybe even just come help out with your show? What approach would you look for that would separate out the people that really are going to get looked at versus the people that are not? Well, the one things that we, you know, preach, you know, uh, kind of cover in what we call uh, the etiquette portion of professional wrestling, um, you know, is, you know, what we talk about, you know, the way you handle yourself in the locker room. And again, to the promoters, we teach our students, you know, listen, this this is this is a part-time job or, or your full-time job. So if you were going to apply for a job, you would either be filling out an application or a resume. In this case, get yourself a resume together because you're going to be reaching out to that promoter. As part of that resume, you know, we would say we, you know, we want A, B, and C on there. You know, how many years have you been in the business? Who is your trainers? Where have you worked? Which titles have you held, if any? Things like that. And then you attach your promo pictures so that the, the folks can see who you are. Are you a singles? Are you a tag? This is where I travel from. This is how far I'm willing to travel. If I'm reaching out to you, I'm willing to travel to you. You know, things like that. And then we also tell them to attach a length of the work. Here's a recent match. This is how I work. I'm, you know, I can work face or heel, whatever needed. You know, give the, you know, the promoter as much information as you can so that he's not scrambling back through a thousand emails from a thousand different people. 
Um, it makes it super, super tough. If you send it all in one and you're very, very professional and you come across that way, um, promoters appreciate it. And, again, just like anybody else out there hiring, these are the first things we look at. Uh, sort of on the flip side of that, what are the mistakes that young wrestlers might be making when they're trying to contact you for opportunities? What would someone do that would guarantee you're not going to have them on your shows? Um, uh, honestly, I, I, I don't. We've been, you know, getting most of the messages have been professional. Every once in a while you'll get, you know, someone who comes across and, you know, sees a, a promotion or a flyer or something put up for an event and come out and say, yeah, I'm available for your March 11th event. You know, like, what time do you need me there? You know, and pretty much, you know, uh, the way they word it is they're, you know, telling you they're already booked on your event. And, you know, that comes across to me as pushy and, and pushy never goes well in any type of situation. So I try to t tell everybody, you know, the best thing is, again, go back and try to be professional because you come across as aggressive or pushy, um, you can guarantee you're going to be pushed right out the door. A lot of times in professional wrestling and especially at the independent level, there are little petty disagreements and differences of opinion and things of that nature that will cause a lot of hard feelings and that generally can spill into almost publicly fighting with opposition promotions or wrestlers. Oftentimes it will drive fans away because they want to just see the wrestling and support who they want to support. So a lot of times infighting will have the exact opposite effect of what the people in the business think it will. Looking back over the 20 years you've been a promoter, in your neck of the woods, do you see a lot of that type of situation happening, or has things in Delaware always been sort of a calmer part of the country? Uh, about 10 years ago, it was a cutthroat. There was like six or seven federations and, you know, people would pull your flyer down and put theirs up, you know, little petty stuff. Um, now I believe there's two of us left. Uh, one federation draws about 60 fans a show and the other federation draws well over 300 every show. So, um, I don't see anybody as competition. Like I, I, I try to tell everybody it's simple, you know, uh, Burger King and McDonald's are in business, right? Everybody's in business. You do the best you can. You put your best product out there and, you know, you build on it. And we touched about a lot of things on, you know, the geography and what it takes to build here in locally in Delaware. Um, and fortunately, because we have been so good at what we do here in Delaware, we've also run events in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Maryland, Virginia, West Virginia, and, uh, you know, so, you know, we've had a chance to expand a little bit, and, um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to do a little bit more in the future. For the fans that are listening here today that have not seen 1CW as of yet, if you could describe what the typical 1CW event is going to comprise of not only just in ring, but the entire experience from concessions, uh, intermissions, any 
sort of regular side uh, venture that there is during the course of a night. What would you describe the 1CW atmosphere in a given event day? Uh, I can tell you we run in a town that's called Houston, Delaware. It's spelled like Houston, Texas, but it's actually pronounced Houston, Delaware. Um, there is not one street light in this town, um, but we can tell you we pack well over 300 people almost always to the code in that firehouse, and it's like we are the event tonight. Um, everybody brings their family. You come out. They have great, great concessions, everything from your hot dogs, hamburgers, french fries, nachos, uh, chips, little uh, candy bars and candy bags and stuff like that for the kids. They have juicy boxes for kids, Gatorade, sodas. They sell uh, tap beer for people that are over 21 and have ID here in Delaware. The drinking age is 21. Um, and then we have vendor stands. We have vendors we bring in. Um, we have sponsors and vendors that come in, and they set up their stuff, and they sell their little figures and, and, and things like that, and wrestling pictures and DVDs. And, of course, then I line the rest of the, the uh, arena for tables for the stars. So there's always a star at a table or someone doing a live podcast from the arena, um, a local TV station. We also do filming for Delmarva Sportsnet, which is a local TV station here. Um, so, you know, there's always something going on. There's always a buzz. It is a great big thing. Um, uh, I, I can tell you any fan that's been at any one of my shows has shook my hand because at the end of every show, I'm the guy standing at the door shaking 300-some hands, thanking each and every one of them, and that's how I've gotten to know my fans by name, who they are, and every event 1CW has done since 2003, we give back money to a cause. Proceeds go back to a cause. So, um, you know, knowing which family needs what, whether your young child, a child has autism or the family got burned out in a fire or another one has cancer, um, you know, we've done stuff for uh, Alzheimer's. You name it, we've done it. Um, this is what we do. So it is a community, total, total community event. And when people come in from Baltimore, D.C., Philadelphia, and they come to one of our shows, one of the first things I get in my inbox that night is, when's the next one and can I get tickets? This was unbelievable. My children just, you know, it's just amazing. You know, my children had a great time or whatever. So uh, we we try to make, you know, family friendly and everybody get along. It's a, it's a great, great time, great atmosphere. Now, looking at the landscape of things as we sit now. Like I said, the independent scene has relied heavily on live streaming shows and putting shows out on YouTube over the last three years because of the pandemic and uh, being able to keep the product going when there were restrictions and so forth. A lot of people are of the opinion that live streaming hurts independent companies overall because a lot of people choose to just sit home and not spend the money on watching the show live and watch it for free on the live streams. There are people that think it helps generate revenue from outside of their home area, whether it's people paying a fee to watch or buying merchandise or so forth. How do you think live streaming is either helped or hurt your company? 
Uh, I don't think it's hurt it at all. I think it's only helped. Uh, I think because of the experience I explained earlier, you know, that's why the community comes out, um, not only for that experience, but the top-notch quality matches, like you said, bringing in, you know, independent stars from around the world and around the country. Um, we're not afraid to do that. So, you know, that makes it that experience. The streaming thing, I, I think, is you nailed it at the end. You know, I think it's another avenue for us to reach fans that are not in our area to get an opportunity to see our product. Uh, for someone who may want to purchase a DVD or a shirt or a hat or whatever, or even, you know, hey, I like that wrestler. Now I can follow that wrestler and go to their site and buy one of their T-shirts and support that guy. So I think one thing leads to another, um, but I honestly do not think it has hurt my business in, in, in one way, shape, or another. I, I think it's only only helped. In the last few years, another thing that has really helped and benefited, especially at the independent level, is merchandise. There's always been wrestling merchandise as long as there's been an independent wrestling industry. A lot of wrestlers will make more on merchandise than they will the actual wrestling fee. A lot of... uh, Companies will use that as a means to supplement their income, and a lot of times that's how wrestlers and support staff get paid is through the merchandise revenue. How important is merchandising to your particular company? Um, well, I'll be honest with you. I think merchandising is has been very huge and continues to be huge. And, and one of the things I did early on, and this is, the, this is a straight – straight, honest-to-God, true shoot story. Um, My first year when we did 1CW, um, the annual December show, I went out and bought T-shirts. So everybody that bought a front-row ticket got a free T-shirt. And on that T-shirt had a great big 1CW logo. And, you know, people are like, oh, my God, I can't believe you. You know, you gave, you know, da, 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 you know, 65 shirts or how many other seats were in the front row away, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, but look at the advertisement. These people are wearing this shirt everywhere they go. Okay, it, it's free advertisement. I think your merchandise and your branding is huge. The more professional you look, the more serious you're going to be taken. The more people see it, the more they recognize it. The people recognize McDonald's because the Golden Arches are on every worldwide. That's huge. It's branding. So I think if you use your marketing and your merchandise together, hand in hand, and that goes as well as your talent. You know, that's the same way with your talent. We do everything we can to try to push our talent. And, again, I tell every one of our talents, uh, this is a platform, whether I'm your first step or your last step. If this is your first step and it gets you to the big time, then I'm happy for you. But if you're the local guy and this is your last step and this is all you ever want to do and you just want to do it in front of your local friends and family, then the same thing. You know, I'm here to help you and market you the same, you know, ability. So um, I think it's huge. I really think it's huge. And when you look at what might be trending in professional wrestling, be it from what national companies are doing or what independent wrestling is doing in other areas, do you use that as sort of a marketing research uh, where you're looking at what's working well for other companies to see if that incorporates into what you're doing, or do you not really concern yourself with anybody other than what you and 1CW is doing as far as uh, putting out the product? 
Well, kind of both. Um, I, I'm a, I always preach, you know, worry about our four walls and take care of what's inside our four walls and everything will take care of itself. Um, but at the same time, um, am I aware of what other people do and look at other opportunities to see if that may or may not help? Absolutely. Whether that's another wrestling company or anything else in this area that someone might be successful doing, you know, yeah, I see somebody do something successful at a certain festival or something like that. And I'm like, Oh man, I can't believe I missed it. Maybe I should do, you know, I need to be in on something like that next year. So I think opportunities are always there. Um, but my main focus absolutely are, are our four walls and, and what we do to be successful and then anything we can do to implement that to take us a little bit further. I know a lot of promoters will go to other shows, whether they go backstage and watch the show from back there or if they sort of sneak into a show and watch from the crowd to see how other shows are doing, whether they're there just simply as a fan themselves or if they are there to sort of get a feel for what's working, that type of thing. Do you go to a lot of independent shows that are not your own, whether it's just to watch or kind of see who's on the market or get a feel for what's working style-wise? Uh, no, not at all. I I do follow two other um, independent federations that actually um, um, I'm kind of like a mentor to, I guess you could say, I, a consultant. There you go, good word, consultant. I actually consult for them. I take notes. I help them with match times. I help them uh, a little bit with the locker rooms, agents, some things, you know, um, kind of structure a little bit because they're new in the business and, and promoting um so I've been asked, to, you know, to kind of, you know, I guess a consultant term. But other than that, I don't um, normally um, go to any other um, independent shows. I don't normally go to an AEW or WWE show um, unless my grandchildren or somebody, you know, really, you know, Papa, I want to go, you know, that's totally different than we go. Um, but, no, I kind of, um, you know, my grandkids uh, – play a lot of ball so we're traveling and and things like that and then the rest of the time is uh, I, I focus on one cw and my family now for the young listeners today that might be considering a career in professional wrestling is one cw equipped to handle people that want to break into wrestling and get trained and start from the ground up and get their foot in the door with your company or are they sort of a stop Absolutely. along the way but not the first stop? Uh, we're a little bit of both. We've have we have our own training facility here. There you know, we do recommend people, you know, to try other things. If you've been training with us for a couple of years and you want to go to other schools, we're close in proximity to some other great, great training facilities like the Monster Factory, uh the Wild Samoans up in Allentown as well. Um, Appa does some stuff up there. Appa Jr. still does stuff. You know, so there's great, great avenues. Mark Mest and his folks up there in, in Pennsylvania are well, only an hour or some away. So we interchange students all the time. You know, um, if something's closer, if I got a student up north that's, you know, closer to the one of these schools, then I'll recommend they go up there and work with them. And, and same here. Um, but kind of like I was saying, you know, whether I'm the first step or the last step, 
we're here. You know, we're here. We're part of the community, and we're we're part of their journey, no matter what that is. So, yes, we do. We do train uh, pro wrestlers. We do um, managers as well. We do referees. So, pretty much anything in the pro wrestling business you want to be involved in, we 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 do the training. Our pro wrestling is a sport where the focus, of course, is going to be on the wrestlers, and they're the ones that draw in the fans and the revenue. But it is also a business where a lot of the support staff are almost equally vital to the success. One of the aspects of pro wrestling that a lot of people don't really put a lot of stock in unless you really know what you're doing and are experienced in the business is the ring announcer. They're usually the face of the company. As far as the fans' perspective, a lot of fans, whether it's just perceived on their part or somewhat based in the reality of the situation, they see the ring announcer as an authority figure that can affect rules and matches and so forth and so on. A lot of times the ring announcers are the sole people giving fans information on how to spend their money for the company, how to find the concessions and the souvenirs and where the next show will be, when the next show will be, that type of thing. They're very, very important to the success of a company most times and oftentimes are the cause of a failure if they're not doing their job properly. What do you look for when it comes to ring announcers for your company? Um, well, we've had three of them in 20 years. So the one thing I look for is obviously professionalism. Um, you know, how you carry yourself and you just nail a lot of it. You know, they are a big connection to not only everything that we do as performers and putting on that performance, but they are. They are the information linked to the fans, like you said, you know, for the souvenirs, for the merchandising, you know, for this, uh, for the concessions, you know, and it's so super huge, you know, because we run in a firehouse, and this is how the ladies auxiliary and then make extra money is off of these concessions every month. And the fact that they sell out of food every month and, you know, they sell out of beer every month and that they're just smiling and they're just, oh, you know, uh, so happy, you know, that they put in this work, but, you know, they know it's well worth it. And it's just it's just a great great thing. But again, that all doesn't happen. And again, without that ring announcer being that key cog. Um, and, and I tell you, you nailed it. So many behind the scenes people are super huge. Your production, you know, your sound guy, you know, is he on point? Is he, you know, is he in on, you know, you know, certain things going on? There's a run-in spot, and he's got the music just right. Everything, you know, it's a production. So. The lighting, the whole nine yards, you know, making sure that your timekeeper doesn't ring the bell at the wrong time or or anything like that. So it's super, super huge. We work together as a team. Um, I, I, I am. Uh, we call ourselves the One CW family, and I, I can honestly say we are. Um, we we look out for each other. We treat each other with mutual respect. And on show day, um, we are all one team, and, and we get on the same page to put on a great, great performance for the fans. One of the other very important aspects of a professional wrestling company is the role of the referee. A good referee can help a bad match seem much better than it actually is. A 
terrible referee can make a good match go bad very quickly. Bad referees can lead to injuries amongst everybody that's in the ring just because they don't know what they're doing and get in the way. A good referee oftentimes will never be noticed by anyone in the building unless they need to be noticed. What are you looking for when hiring referees? Um, Pretty much what you just said. You know, when I look at their footage, you know, are they standing in front of the hard cam? Are they taken away from the wrestlers? Are they in the right spot? You know, are are, are they being professional the whole way? You know, um, are they dressed? You know, are they dressed like a referee should be? You know, so again, you know, you name so many things that they could take away from it. These are the things I look at to make sure that they're not, ta- you know, exactly. These are things that they're not doing because if they are, you know, these are things that, again, that, you know, you, you don't want, you know. Um, you, you, you kind of, you know, give them a little advice as, you know, they send you the tape, you know, you know, when you send them back, hey, sorry, I'm not booking you. And most times they'll say, hey, you know, is there a reason why? And then you just, you know, yeah. And most times, you know, people will ask you for that critique. And, and if you're honest in today's world and tell somebody, that's the only way we can get better. You know, so if it's a young referee and they're making this mistake and no one tells them, they're going to continue to do it over and over again because the one promotion that's booking them isn't correcting them to do that. So it's a shame. So I try to be open and I try to help everybody. We do a lot of seminars at WinCW. We've had referee seminars. We've done, you know, we, we, we've done it all. So, you know, we, we, we really try to make sure that the knowledge of this business is, is just spread and just keeps going on and on and on. You know, that's, it's give back, give back, and share and spread the wealth of knowledge. If there are people out there that are on the fence of going to an independent show in general, not necessarily your company, but if they're anywhere in the country and they're thinking of going to their very first live independent show, what would you say to them to entice them to go to an independent show? You could be having the best time of your life. Um, you could see some of the best wrestling of your life. And you may some see some of the worst wrestling of your life. Let's face it. I try to tell people a lot of times, you see those stars you see on TV? They all started right here. This is where most of them started. Um, they all come through one of the places like this. They just don't jump, you know, um, on the TV immediately. You know, they start at a local level and normally work their way up to that national level. So um, the, the people you see today could be those stars of tomorrow. And uh, I can guarantee you, you know, a lot of times knowing that we do bring in some of those stars is an attraction for some people as well. So, um, you know, I, I just I'm honest with people. You know, this is where the beginning is, no doubt. One of the fears of wrestling promoters everywhere is that someone on their show is going to get hurt. Uh, It's inevitable that if you promote for any length of time, you're going to see people get injured. That's just the nature of the wrestling business. Over the course of your promoting career, what are some of the more serious injuries you've had happen on shows, and what goes through your mind as a promoter, when you see someone get hurt? Well, your first concern is for the individual because you, you, we honestly care for each and everybody that we have on our events. Otherwise, we would not have them in our buildings. Um, and we're a brotherhood. So we understand in this business that we're putting our lives in each other's hands and we're trusting each other. But we also understand things happen and they're called accidents. 
so we understand this. We hope they don't happen, but unfortunately they do. Um, you know, I have seen a hip dislocation. It was a pretty nasty hip dislocation. Um, you know, was probably, you know, the most severe thing that I've seen. Thank goodness. You know, we do carry insurance, um, not only for our fans, but for our performers and for our venue. Um, so, you know, the one thing that we try to assure everybody is, you know, you know that please, you know, if by any means, you know, you think you've got a concussion or something's not right, we have paramedics that are on site. We have EMTs that are on site. We get you looked at. And if that's not good enough, then, you know, we get them transported and make sure that they're safe. I don't know if it's your particular situation or not, but a lot of states have athletic commissions that oversee wrestling and regulate the rules that promoters have to follow. Do you have a commission there that is telling you what is needed out of you for each show, or is it up to you to decide what you have on your shows? Yes, we have what we call a division of regulations, which is basically an athletic commission. Um, But this division oversees boxing, MMA, wrestling, um, the plumbers union, the electric union. So it's really um, um, not specialized, and it it kind of is concerning to me um, as a pro wrestling promoter. Um, What they do do is um, we have to go – we have to apply for a permit for every event. Um, They make sure that we do have an ambulance on site and two EMTs, licensed EMTs. Um, We have to have that on our permit when we turn it in. We also have to turn in the real name and the worker name of everybody that's going to be performing on that, whether they're a wrestler or a referee, anybody that's going to be getting in the ring, the ring announcer. And then what they do is like basically a background check, make sure nobody's wanted, there's no sex offenders, there's, you know, nothing going on. Um, making sure everybody's over 18 um, and 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 legal to do what we're going to do. So um, we do have certain rules in the state of Delaware um, and and things like that. Um, so yeah. Now, do you find with Delaware that the commission or the similar office yeah. of what a commission is? is easy to work with or do they put a lot of roadblocks in place for promoters to put on shows? I know it differs state by state, of course, but it seems to me that some states almost intentionally make it hard to have events, whereas some states want more promotions to be out there and to succeed. No, I mean, there's not many roadblocks. Like I just mentioned, you know, you got to have the ambulance crew, you know, so that if you're not running at a firehouse that has one on site or whatever, then you got to pay to have a site. You have to have a crew there, your EMTs and stuff like that. Um, we do have a no blood rule, um, no over the guardrails. You know, the contestants can't go out into the crowd. The people from the crowd can't come into the into the contestants. You know, there are, you know, pages and pages, obviously, of rules and regulations, but not to the point that it deters, nor do they really um, come down hard on us. They, they, they're looking out for everybody's best interest, everybody's safety, you know, and they're more interested in making sure that, you know, the safety of everybody in that building, you know, if you're, you know, this is a business and, you know, the state that oversees that wants to make sure that, you know, anybody going into any business is safe. So uh, I understand that. Well, we're 
at the part of the show where we have a few minutes left, and I want to give that time to you. If there's anything that you would like to say to the listeners out there today, plug and promote absolutely anything and everything you'd like, social media, your upcoming shows, merchandise, your favorite charity, anything at all, floor is yours. All right. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having us on tonight. One CW Pro, One uh, CW Pro Wrestling out of Delaware. We have a YouTube channel. It's under One CW Pro Wrestling. Our Facebook page is One CW Pro Wrestling. Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. We do have our own merchandise plays, uh, page that has everything from uh, you name it—a blanket to hoodies to T-shirts to hats to beanies to coffee mugs, uh, gym bags, sweatsuits, whatever it is you want. We have our own merchandise page listed right there on our Facebook page. There's a link. You touch it. You can order one. You can order 100. You can do whatever. Um, All of our footage um, is, again, uh, seen on Roku as well. We are 24-7 streaming on Roku nationwide. But you go to YouTube and you stream 1CW, you can see any of our matches, talent, um, any of the stars that have been in, whether they've been a WWE star, AEW star, or one of our 1CW stars. So um, my name's Sean Hardy. I, i got a big following on Facebook. And, again, thank you guys so much for your time. Appreciate it and uh, support indie wrestling. Again, this is this is where the stars of tomorrow are starting today. Well, Sean Hardy, it was an absolute pleasure having you on today. We appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Best of luck as you continue one CW. Hopefully for many, many, many more years to come. And definitely best of luck as you are putting on that big show to help benefit the late great Jay Briscoe. Thank you so much, my honor. You have a great night. You as well. Fans, if you've not gotten familiar, definitely hop on the YouTubes and watch 1CW. They have a great promotion. They've been around a long time, put out a great product. I think fans everywhere will enjoy what they do. But as we wrap up today, I want to be the bearer of bad news here. Once again, uh, we lost a couple of people within the wrestling industry yesterday. Former AWA competitor Sodbuster Kenny J passed away, as did former guest of this very show, Leaping Lanny Poffo. Uh, both men contributed greatly to the wrestling industry. They will both be very, very missed. They were very well respected and loved within the wrestling community. So we want to end the show with a traditional 10-bell salute to them. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.